Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Careful making wishes in the dark, dark, can't be so. When it hit that, and the sides in the mean, mean time, I'm just dreaming of tearing you apart. That is hammered out to deep left field. Forget about it. Big fly from Mike Trout, and the Angels have tied this one up in one. Hey, I'm Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh with the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers Baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Tori Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. What is up? It is your boy Johnny Maggs. Join as always with... Dan Garcia. We have Chris Security Johnson here. Chris, say hello to the fine folks. You're on this is Chris, the curator Johnson, uh, joining you for the last uh, regular season, regular season episode. So I got up and made it today. There you go. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we were we were. I don't want to say we were hyped on Wednesday, but we we had some hope, and uh, which is all you can ask for at this point. Yeah, I mean, we, we something have, to look forward to. We had a little hope. We 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 were saying that there was a chance, and um, you know, Not anymore. Unfortunately, <laughs> right? Unfortunately. Um, it didn't pan out, obviously. You guys right. obviously know the news. We'll get into the review of Friday, Saturday, and Sunday's games. Uh, we're recording here on Sunday, final home game, or final game of the season, not home game, uh, final game of the 2020 season against the Dodgers. So we recorded right after the game. We're here, we're here literally probably an hour after the game. There's obviously some news that came out after the game as well. We're so waiting we'll, to set up. We're like, oh, right. well, there's another topic we, uh, topic to talk we, about. And you and I were talking about it too. Like, okay, when this when this comes down, we're gonna have to do this, blah blah blah. And we we talked it into existence. I guess I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I know, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, let's 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 get into it. We like we said on Wednesday when we recorded, we had a hope, we had a chance to kind of make it in there if the Astros lost out and the Angels won out. And on Friday, the Rangers did their job because they beat that was, the, they that beat was a Astros. Walk off. I, we, I was at the um, 66ers watch party, mm-hmm. and uh, they had the game obviously on like their big bull up, uh, like drive-in theater screen. And then on my phone, on my lap, I was actually watching the end up being like the last two innings of the Houston Texas uh, game. So I'm the only one reacting to that game. It was completely, pretty much not completely quiet, but everyone's watching the game, and I'm the only one cheering when there's like. Ball three. Yeah, and you hear me going off in the background because they just got the walk-off. So, yeah, that was an exciting game to watch. Right. Um, so was Friday's Angels-Dodgers game for a while there for, for the, the Angels. Yeah. Um, it was uh, Andrew Heaney started. He, gave up, he pitched four innings, gave up eight hits, five earned runs, two walks, and three Ks. You kind of wish that Heaney would have had a better better, better outing. But, however, man, there was, this was a home run derby from just like they were going back and forth at for each other. For both teams. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it wasn't just... Uh, Andrew giving it up. It was you know we had home runs by Trout, Upton, uh, Walsh again. It, it you know it, it just seemed like every inning, either a Dodger or an Angel would hit a home run. Yeah, it was a slugfest up until right around I think it was a six when Will Smith hit that two run home run, kind of put the Dodgers ahead for good. Uh, the fifth, the bottom of the fifth, fifth, it the fifth three, inning. Yeah. yeah, and then that was kind of it. I mean, you kind of I mean I don't want to say they went out meagerly, but I mean right after those runs were scored. They kind of hit that wall, and then that was that was really it. The Dodgers, 
you know, didn't I guess they didn't li- they didn't hate the Astros as much as we thought they did. You know, right. well, um, I guess it doesn't matter because I'm not sure if the Astros would have lost the next. Couple I know, games. I know, but. but you know, some again, some of the things that seemed to come back and bite the Astros uh, in the butt during this game was um, something that I noticed right away is uh, Madden switching his relief pitchers halfway through an inning. After like they get two outs, and then they do the whole pull them, right? And then the next guy would come in and give up a run. So I think he did that three times. And after the second time, I don't know why you would do the do it again, but um, yeah, I feel like that was something that was definitely on the coaching on that part. It just seems like. Let the guy get the third out. Let the guy, new guy start fresh and, and with a new inning. And it just was really kind of frustrating to see that it happened because the game was, even with that two-run home run in the fifth, the Angels still were only down one going into the sixth. Right. So it wasn't like, oh, my God, that two-run home run put him up, you know, uh, five or whatever. That It was still very manageable at that point. Right. So, unfortunately, the Angels lost this one nine and five. Thus, Angels eliminated from playoff contention. Uh just, you know, you kind of wish that they would have lived fight another day just to kind of keep it interesting. Yeah. And that didn't happen. So officially eliminated. So Saturday, moving on to Saturday's game, it was going to be, you know, I was hoping it actually, did, it actually did pan out being being this kind of game where young guys were kind of getting the start. We right. saw Jemai Jones get a start at second base. We saw Elliot Soto. Oh, no. um, we also... Short, I believe. Yeah, we also uh, – this was a game where it was like a – it was a bullpen game. It was – Tehran got the star, then just a pitcher right after right after another. I do not – I mean, I guess I understand why because the game technically doesn't really matter anymore. But if you had any doubt whether or not Hula was going to come back next year, it just – yeah, he did not help himself at all with this outing. Um, yeah, it was it was bad. Yeah, it, again it, – at this point, I think the bright you look at bright spots in games, and to me, Jemai Jones getting his first major league base Soto hit, Soto back to back, followed by Elliot back-to-back, Soto uh, at bats, which is a, I, I was telling him, telling Johnny, the second time in the last forty years that's happened in the major league baseball where uh, two rookies get their first major league hits and back to back at bats, which was pretty cool. Yeah, so you gotta look, at, you gotta look, like I said, bright spots. You gotta look at little moments in games where, where I mean, they don't matter if they win or lose. You know, at this point, you know, you're just playing out the season now. And, uh, you know, it, this was Saturday's game, so I was watching my Lakers win the Western Conference Finals. So and even, know, I'll rub that in a little bit. And even and even with the three-run first inning by Julio Tehran, obviously he got pulled after that. The Angels still end up scoring four in the third. So, in theory, they're like, all right, cool. You know, again, it doesn't mean much, but it still would be nice to, to win a game at, at Dodger, State, uh, Dodger Stadium. But um, another guy that is going to be really interesting to see what happens this offseason with is uh, Hansel Robles. Yeah, we were talking about him uh, where we're watching today's game because he ended up <clears throat> throwing the last inning for the Angels on Sunday. Um, he's a guy where you just hope that he comes back and just makes the adjustments at that he's point, supposed to if make. If he comes back, because, right. you, you know, at the. Is when, he a guy you want to take a chance at? Right. What's you can tender him for? a contract, you right. can non tender him, save some money that way, and maybe try to get a younger guy in the bullpen because. If you tender him a contract and he throws the way he did this year, it's definitely not going to be worth even though it's not. Uh, a huge amount of money, but still, you need to know if this guy is the guy from 2019 or if this guy's from 2020. So um, he's a guy that could very easily might be non-tendered right. uh, at the beginning of this off season. Yeah, I think we we'll get into uh, what we think or who we think the Angels might be after stuff like that. We'll get into that in a little bit. Let's talk about while well, they they lose this one seven six. We're heading into today's game. We're recording on Sunday, final game of the 2020 season. Um. Yeah. yeah, no offense. Uh, <laughs> no offense again. At all. But the last two games, 
you could definitely tell it's been it was their B team. No, no Trout, no Rendon for the last final two games. Um, no Pujols. Uh, all the young guys, Fletcher, uh, like you said, Jam, Soto, uh, Walsh, Ward, Ward, Bam Boom, uh, Joe giving up another. We didn't talk about that Saturday. Giving up another kind of home run out of his glove. Nah. But it was still it was still a it was still one and you, you hear it talk about it on uh, Gooby on the uh, podcast he was like that wasn't going to be a home run like if, the worst case scenario say if he doesn't catch it it hits the wall and it's a double but because he jumped and kind of pushed it with his hand up and over that that was what made it look bad yeah yeah well whatever it is what it is games don't count now <laughs> um so yeah sunday again again a bright spot jam jones had two more hits today yeah exactly and and when we kind of talk about what's going to happen in the off season he's definitely a guy you would imagine competing for that second base job once the uh spring training comes around next year depending on what they do uh if they're gonna if they look to improve on that spot they're gonna go get someone on free agency or not but i definitely think that jam is a guy that can compete for maybe that backup utility guy role in that middle infield maybe not maybe not even a guy who's a backup guy but a guy who's gonna be hey if somebody gets hurt well jam jones is gonna slide in there yeah he's definitely a, a guy an that option can... oh you mean jemiah jones yeah uh, yeah jemiah jones thanks oh for a quick uh, anecdote when when john and i first met uh jemiah jones yes in the down at 66ers down at the farm club um we were talking about how do you pronounce his name? How do you pronounce his name? And then uh, a photographer in the dugout kind of told us how, and then it was wrong. It was, it was wrong. wrong. It was awkward. <laughs> the whole time I'm saying Jemiah. corrected it. And I, we said it right. We're like, oh, it's Jemiah. Yeah, it we had like it right. Jemiah, right? right? And then yeah, we're like, so. we, better, we better find out. We better ask We better somebody. make sure just to be hey, Oh, you mean Jemiah? Yeah, Jemiah. Yeah, Jemiah. Yeah, yeah, Jemiah, yeah. So I'm over there going, hey, Jemiah, blah, 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 so blah. So jam's a lot easier for sure. And then, yeah, yeah. I think, honestly, that's probably why a lot of people say that. Jam instead of Jemiah. And then at the end of the interview, Interview, he tells us, "Oh, guys, it's Jemiah, not Jemiah." So he was, he was being nice. At least he didn't yeah. call you out on camera. I was like, I uh, "Thanks, nice meeting you guys." But first off, let me uh, correct. And it you was right like right? his very first like week with the Sixers. I think we were his first interview first with interview, Sixers. Huh? Yeah, we were the first interview he ever had with like the Sixers, like in San Bernardino and Classic. That, that's cool. I mean, yeah. and you so. think about it too. You talk about him. You talk about the week that Brandon and Joe both both came mm-hmm. up to the Ellen Empire. I think that same year. Yeah. And again, we talked to them that, yeah. like that first week they were in Inland Empire. I can't imagine them having too many interviews beforehand. No, there, at it least. can't be too many. It couldn't have been too many. So, yeah, it's pretty cool to see some of these guys now kind of work their way through the system are now kind yeah. of popping up. You know, their names. Obviously, Joe popped up earlier this year, but Jemai now and, you know, the pitch running uh, blip that happened earlier this year. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, they lose this one. I think I don't even have the score down. 6 nothing. Six zero five zero. Five Come on, zero. give it a little credit. Five zero. Five zero. They lost five zero. It's it. It's over. Uh, that's all she wrote. That's the way the season ends. We lost. We got swept by the Dodgers. But no, that's you know what it is. What it is. The guys, the young guys, were able to play. We're able to get some innings in. We'll see where it goes from here. And kind of like what we talked about before, they were competitive until that last weekend, or they yeah. had a chance to play in the playoffs until that last right. weekend. Right. Obviously, you know, it sucks that Friday determined the whole weekend. It was like, uh, I don't yeah. even, I don't even want to watch this game. But yeah, um, yeah. I guess you know, last weekend have an opportunity. That's. Uh, that's what you asked for as a fan. Just give us a shot. Yeah, because like we mentioned on Wednesday, man, when you had told you would have told us this three weeks ago, we would have been we would have told you you're crazy that the Angels still had a chance with three games left in the season. Like, oh, there's exactly. no way we, I yeah. would have believed you. So definitely, um, yeah, that wraps it up. That wraps up the season. The Angels obviously finished short of the playoffs. We mentioned it 
at the very beginning of the new season, the 60-game season, we were like, if the Angels don't make the playoffs this year, there needs to be some changes, and they and got some problems. The first one, and has, it dropped. The first shoe has, uh, shoe has dropped. It dropped really quick because you know, right after the game ended today on Sunday, the Angels announced that uh, General Manager Billy Epler will not be returning for the 2021 season, thus creating a vacancy for the general manager spot for the Angels in 2021. Uh, I think that. You want to take a break before we get into take this? Take a break, yep. Take we're a gonna, break, and it looks like Chris has a yeah. Curator's Chronicles going yeah. on. We'll take a break. We'll talk about... Uh, we'll get into Curator's Chronicles first, then we'll talk about Billy Epler and then any off-season stuff that may, we might want to get into. So gotcha. we'll catch you guys on the other side. There is no shortage of action going on with our partner over at betonline.ag. The sports world is slowly making its way back with the NBA announcing its return in late July. But right now, UFC, boxing, NASCAR, and international soccer all have resumed play, and Ben Online has the best odds for their upcoming games and matches. Need more? Ben Online has simulated NBA, NFL, UFC live every day for our devoted gamblers, and check it out. BetOnline also offers hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and the best props in the business. Visit BetOnline on your computer or mobile device and join now to receive your welcome bonus. That's BetOnline.ag, your online wagering experts. Oh, those are the screams I used to make when I would cut myself shaving before I knew about Manscaped. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Manscaped, for turning my loud shrieks here into multiple peaks here. Cream of the crop. Man, start taking notes because Manscaped accidents are finally a thing of the past. Oh, yeah. Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 has been beautifully designed to reduce painful nicks and tugs. Yeah, those nicks and tugs are gone. This is their third generation tremor featuring advanced skin safe technology. Oh, yeah. Technology so you keep your bad boys nice and smooth. Yeah, nice and smooth. Yeah, that's right. And Manscaped Engineering Team obsess over technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. They spend 18 months, yeah, 18 months perfecting that great ball hair trimmer ever created. The just released new and improved lawnmower 3.0, yeah, the cream of the crop, yeah, too sweet to be sour, yeah. When I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The batting year will last you 90 minutes so you can take longer shave. And that water resistant technology allows you to shave in the shower too, oh yeah, in the shower after that, after that long match, oh uh-huh, yeah. One of the coolest features is an LED light that illuminates grooming areas for a closer, more precise trimming. So many people have written in stories about the Lawnmower 3.0 and have sent your man here, yeah. Sent them pictures so I could see the smoothness for myself. And I'll tell you something, man, they ain't kidding, they ain't kidding. This is a cream of the crop, yeah, oh, God, oh, yeah. You need to try this out for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping when you use armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off when you use armchair at manscaped.com, oh, yeah. What's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. 
Hood Vicious. Listen to my show, The Punk Corner, on KJ Epic Radio, every Thursday from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. Folks, it's a beautiful day for a ball game. The Angels aren't winning, but my fantasy team's about to be 3-0. So, hey, <laughs> there's something to look forward to. I'm looking at it right now. Um, yeah, so uh, this wraps up another season. Yeah, um, one cool thing, there is a, it's a 10-year anniversary of Halo Haven, um, something that was kind of a concept that was, you know, started back in 2010, and then it's uh, been built. Now we're doing a podcast, and we're big in Dead Horse, Alaska, so who would have ever thought that? That's the biggest right? thing I right met there. John, met Daniel, met Daniel at a watch party we were doing back in, I don't even know, a year, 2014, 15. D-Dogs? D-Dogs doesn't even exist in downtown Riverside. Yeah, there so. anymore. Yeah, met Daniel, peace. then we meet John, uh, I don't know, through Instagram or something. Yep. But even though he lives like a mile from yep. me, <laughs> I went to the same high school. <laughs> so a cool uh, milestone. Um, the Angels have only reached the playoffs one time in that period. So. Oh, man, and a lot of you know general managers, managers <laughs> now. So things are... I haven't been so stable, but uh, it's kind of cool to see how um, everything's just kind of morphed and added, and um, what, what it's become, and all the new friends that we've met along yep. the way, and no more some, dead weight, in and here, also Halo some Haven. weird people we met along the way too. No more dead weight. You know who you are. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I even met the Re- Princess Rally Cat too. Yeah. So that's one of my biggest things. Um, so again, continuing with bringing in uh, memorabilia, um, some oddities. I I think uh, I'm always down with like the weird stuff, like. The Mike Trout autographs are cool. You know, you can buy those online. Um, pretty, you know, you put out the money. But the cool things that uh, I think I like to collect, I think John's likes the weird stuff too. Yeah. Tom, uh, Duino. But um brought in a few random things, went in the garage and came out with these. Uh, John gave me this one. Who He got it from someone else. Uh, but it's a random name tag from the stadium, a more current one. But then I, I got this one a few years back. If you're watching uh, on Instagram Live right now, um, this is one from Bob. Bob. It's the best name ever. But it's Bob's name tag from Anaheim Stadium. This is uh, you know early '80s, probably old logo, old, old logo. logo. Shared a stadium with the Rams, yep. full enclosed stadium. So I got Bob's name tag. Um, so kind of weird stuff. Bob. Yeah. So I know, guys, there's a line from Wayne's World where they he said he has a, a high, uh, you know, like collection of um hairnets and name tags <laughs> well i'm trying to build up that name tag i got two now so i got a collection another weird thing um i grabbed this i think john has it too um it's a world series mm-hmm. like press pen or mm-hmm. a tie tack 1986 um, from 19 19- 79 oh, 79 from no. 79 I believe no. where was it I think it was from 79 I have one from 86 this might be the, is this the 86 one I don't remember but uh, the cool thing about phantom pens are that they're made into in, 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 <laughs> I can't talk anticipation mm-hmm. of uh, the team going to the World Series uh, you don't have a lot of time to produce this stuff so it's all produced ahead of time and then when when that doesn't happen uh, they're stuck with them right uh, they might be thrown away given away but then they um they're kind of a cool thing to collect. Right. Uh, some of these press pins, like there's a Brooklyn Dodger one that goes for like a grand. They're just kind of hard to come by and they're kind of fun. It's yeah. kind of like those uh, 
World Series champion shirts right. that you know you see they, they the meme, ship they out to Africa. like third world countries, yeah, third and world countries, yeah, you know, yeah. I have a I have an '86 one because it says 1986 World Series. It doesn't say champions, but it says 1986 World Series. Yeah, I thought it's this might somewhere. be a '79. Mine actually has 1986. I was gonna say '86 yeah. would be another one, and yeah. that's probably it. Yeah, or '82 so. would be the other one. But yeah. Well, yeah, so weird stuff. If you have any, if you worked at the stadium and you have a name tag you want to donate, we're gonna we'll take them. Right next to Bob. Right next yeah, to Bob. Yeah, I wear Bob's around the stadium. And if your name's Bob, you know? that's even better. Yeah, and Robert. you know, Robert. You you put on a you put on a sport coat. You put on Bob, and you you could probably walk around the stadium and get some access. That 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 <laughs> Bob, was it? Name tag was pinned onto an bright orange uh, sport coat. Yeah, Remember they used to wear that little bright orange, the bright orange coat. one with a white, yeah, kind of captain's hat with a little orange and blue stripe across the side with the angel. Man, yeah, those are go back to those are the days. Yes, <laughs> unfortunately, the team was really bad, but you know, I don't whatever. care. I'd go back right now. He's <laughs> <laughs> like an old man. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I've become. But uh, yeah, last six months. It there. That's there what it's about. But anyways, let's go. Right. Yeah. So another Curator Chronicles in the in the bag. Um, yeah, Bob, if you're out there and you ever worked at Angel Stadium, hit us up. Allangelspodcast yeah. at gmail.com. We want your sport coat. We you want your orange sport, co- sport coat and captain hat. I completely forgot. Is there an employee that's always kind of stood out or you yeah. know, kept in your memory? Is there one like in particular? I, I salty, there's salty, salty peanut yeah, guy. Yeah. Salty nuts. There's salty, salty nuts. nuts guy. And then there was another guy. His name is Earl. <laughs> He was uh, in. He would always be in the right field pavilion um, kind of area back between I think maybe 2000 through like 2006, and you, he was seen in the uh, Angels World Series uh, DVD uh, high fiving Spezio. Wow, yeah, that's he, cool. He's cool, and he's a, the nicest man. I have, I have pictures with this. <laughs> he's guy. supposed to be the guy watching, make sure no one runs on the field, and he's right. over there on the field yeah. like high fiving everybody. He, um, he um, the nicest man. He would always, he remembered me and my brother and my family. He remembered a lot of families. So every time we'd go, he'd give us a hug. Really an older African-American man, just the nicest man you'd ever could meet. And I don't know what, he was an older guy. I hate to think the worst, but you know, I don't know. It's been so long, but he stands out to me. But yeah, Salty Nuts guy too. That You would on. hear him on the TV. Yeah. You'd be watching yeah, it. Yeah, dude. Uh, and they, awesome. they would have a field mic on and you would hear him. And you're chilling at home. You're like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. I don't yeah. know why that guy didn't get so a bobblehead. So <laughs> bobble well, there's head. a bunch of reasons why. I mean, not a bunch, but there's a bunch of people they, that should have bobbleheads that didn't. Yeah, but Salty Nuts need one. And then there's this dude out in Right Field Pavilion, too. I think in the early 2000s. I think his name is Frank, but he was just like a beach ball destroyer. <laughs> oh, He would get man. amped in like not even – it was just like – almost like angry like boom like do it and rip them <laughs> yeah, in front of people get them and just like you know what's up with your ball now yeah, yeah. take that so, pay attention to the game it was entertaining to watch them just get so irate right <laughs> I honestly wanted to go to the right, 99 yeah, exactly, cent yeah. store and drop a hundred you know beach balls at one time dude that dude must have been in wrestling terms the biggest heel ever at Angel Stadium in right field dude I mean he, that guy it had to be yeah because yeah. every time you know you, the ball drops it's the end of the world. Everyone boos, but to have a freaking usher grab it and pop it and oh, destroy he, it in he front of your been face, like smiling and been like yeah. the whole Hulk Hogan ear. Mm-hmm. 
Come here. Come on. Come I on. can't hear you. Come on. Uh, Come fun. on. That's hilarious. All right. So, like, as we mentioned, uh, news dropped today on Sunday that the Angels have released or not going to uh, bring back Billy Epper as the team's it general actually, manager. It actually ends up being a release because well, yeah, uh, yeah. we didn't know. The fans didn't know and because the Angels never put it out. Apparently not a lot of media people in you either. They didn't know either is that they extended Epler one year in July through 2021. But again, like he said at the end of this, he gets fired. Mm-hmm. So that's why when they when the word came out that he got fired, I was like, "Wait, how does he get fired when his contract's up?" But then a little bit later comes out that they actually extended him one more year in 2021. So he does get fired. Um, he, Angels are going to have some new blood coming in for the front office uh, next year, and so it's going to be really interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, uh, we were mentioning it when it happened, talking about you know. GMs aren't like managers where right. they're just there. Right? At least good ones. I mean, sure, you can hire the assistant who was the assistant to this guy or whatever. Yeah. But are they going to... Which way are they going to... That's the question. Are they going to go that route where they're going to hire an assistant who was the assistant to this person? Or are they going to go maybe dig someone up who has a name or... you Dave know, Dombrowski. I know. That's been the rumor. That's a little scary. But um, yeah, it's just... I don't think this is surprising news, but I get, in a way, it kind of still is. But yeah, yeah I don't know. My stance on Epler for the past, you know, I guess this year, it's not even been a full year, but it's like, I wouldn't mind him coming back because he has done some good things. You talk about Bundy, you talk about Goodwin when he was here, you talk about resigning uh, Trout, bringing Lestella, in Otani. Like, there are some good things he's done for the team in his five years with the Angels. There's also been some. Stuff that I don't disagree where it just it didn't help at all with the especially on the pitching starting pitching part of it. But um I, I couldn't make an argument to keep him though either. Like if you were to come to me and say, you know, hey, we need to get rid of him, I'm like, okay, I can understand that. So um it's unfortunate to see him leave. I think he did he definitely, unlike the Poto, uh who he who he uh came after, I definitely think he has put this team in a better position than when he found it. Well, it's still not to where fans no, would like it to no. be, but I still think it's in a better position than when he found it from the Depotos well, uh, era. And the thing too, like they were talking about it on Fox Sports West, uh, Frenchie and, and Moda were the reason why, and it's been said that Trout signed with the Angels because he was so close, resigned with the Angels because so close to Epler. Right, he liked him as a person yeah. and as a GM and stuff o- like that. So. Otani said the same thing. Hey, he went his time with the Yankees. You know, I, I met him and he knows me. He felt comfortable signing with the Angels because of, of right. Epler. So he did some good. And you mentioned the names Goodwin, um, La Stella, Hansel Robles, the trade that ultimately brought us uh, Ty Buttry. So there's things that he has done, rebuilt the farm system, you know, guys like that. Um, the The problem is, the problem, in my opinion, is, and, and you mentioned it off the air, dude, is Artie the problem? Well, I hate to say, yeah, and I, I don't know, but in order for a general manager to go out and get the guys he wants, someone else up top has to give him that authority. Oh, yeah. And that's where the problem is. Yeah, and we actually got that question so. on our Instagram live earlier, and the question was, is Artie the part problem? And, yeah, after a certain point, you need an owner that's willing, going to be willing to spend money on big names and not just kind of um, give you a, a tight budget to, to spend. I kind of feel like that's what, what happened with, with Epler and stuff like that. So um, it's going to be <clears> interesting <throat> to see what they do with the GM because in my eyes um, – you need someone that's going to kind of wrangle in Artie and say, "Hey, I need to do this my way." Yeah, know? move out of the way. Let me let me. But do the only my one, job. That, the only kind of people that are going to have that kind of respect in his eyes to do it, 
are going to be the Dombrowskis who have done it before and have that kind of a World Series title by his name. If you bring in a, a maybe a young up and coming assistant GM, let's say at a like a good organization like the Rays or um, San Diego, teams that have built it through the system and have shown that they can do it do that way. But if he's a, a first-time GM, I don't think Artie's going to give that guy the respect he needs to do it that way. And it's just going to kind of be what Epler's is. It's like you get some good things here, some bad things there. I think you need a name like Dombrowski to wrangle Artie, but then you have to worry about what that's going to entail. So it's going to be a really hard situation once the GM you know, search can, uh, starts. Yeah. I To me, I don't think Artie – I think the problem for with me with Artie is his involvement and his kind of like quote unquote temper with the way things go. Right. Um, it's not so much the money spending because he will spend money. He has spent money. But it's, it's, but this, it's is been in the, this is what yeah. you're going to get. And yeah. If you don't like it, okay, we're right. moving on. This is what I want. Go get it. Right. That's the kind of money. That's how Artie spends but, his but money. But it's like, but you can only spend this amount, right. this amount on it. Right. Well, he wants to negotiate and have maybe no, well, three no. or four million no. dollars. Nope. Okay, we're moving on. Yeah. That's exactly what happened with the Ross Striplin and, and yeah. Renhifo. Yeah. And, Jock trades like no, you, this is the trade I wanted. Well, they kind of want to you know go back and forth with this. Nope. Okay, we're walking away. Right, and that's the problem. He, you got to put your ego aside, or like you said, some guy has to come in here and say, Artie, this is what you brought me here Shut to up. do. Let <laughs> me do it. And then you, you know, obviously he has a final say, but this is my, this is what we need to do. So, yeah, yeah it's going to be interesting to see. Chris, you have any thoughts on the uh, GM, GM situation? Or who the, you want to see as a GM? Yeah, that's a, that's the toughest part right there because we really don't know who's out there and who's available. All I know is uh, spring training like 2018, I was down by the tunnel at Tempe Diablo and Epler walked by me and wouldn't sign. So, oh, oh. Well, maybe that was a thing, a sign of things to come. Yep. I'm well, he took it. a picture with Prince's Rally Cat, who you took a picture with as well. And so did Brian Goodwin and Tommy Lascellas. Oh. And every, it seems like everyone who does, uh, Mike Trout did too. <laughs> no, no, he's staying. He's staying. <laughs> he's on that, that lifetime contract, so I think he's... No, okay. but yeah, it's uh, it's uh, Artie has the power and he's just kind of the order taker. And just says, like you said, go out and get that person. That doesn't take a lot of, you know... You don't get to be creative there as much as you would like. He said, "I want, you know, I want uh, Albert. I want Rendon. Um, I like the Rendon um, yeah. move, but that's who he wants. He he seems like pretty set. Yeah, yeah, he is. He he needs to get out of his way a little bit. And that's what that's what my problem was with with me with him is that he just I feel like he's too proud and you know, step away from that man. Like you know, let let the person you brought in to do that job do his job. Yeah, and one more thing too to talk about since we have Chris here and actually worked out great. Um, little behind the scenes look is that the last podcast we were recording and everything was going fine and then for whatever reason a gap went silent I and mean, we don't know why but anyways during that gap we talked about the Simmons him opting out so kind of bring that full circle I think that's something we should talk about on the podcast since it didn't make it last time but Simmons did opt out that Tuesday before the um, first San Diego game if I can remember correctly yeah West. Uh-huh. and uh, I want to know from Chris and from and from John, what are your thoughts about him opting out, and then probably more so opting out at the time he did? Um, I'm not a fan of it. Uh, I get I get all that stuff, but if I you know I don't know it's uh, my work or I let my buddies down, or if I was on a team myself, opting out when you have five games left. I know the games you don't want to get hurt and all that, but that's the risk. Everyone else is out there doing the same thing. They have uh, you know contracts on the horizon. But um, yeah, I didn't like it. I like Simba, so that's why it was hard. 
And right. you're just like, really? You just kind of walked away? Yeah. Then you're like, oh, there, it definitely sounds like there's more to it, and I haven't heard anything Nothing came as out. a result. But I just, there's something there. Well, like, like let me read. This is, his, this is Simba's statement through his agency. He's a... Uh, I made the decision to opt out of the remainder of the season. The Major League Baseball and Major League Baseball Players Association developed an environment and system that empowered players and provides us the opportunity to decide on whether to play or opt out of the season. At this moment, I feel like this is the best decision for me and my family. Uh, we don't know what the future holds, but we would like to sincerely thank the Angels organization and the Angels fans for welcoming and making us feel at home. It almost feels like he knew there was not going to be any kind of negotiations to bring them back and I think yeah yeah but still you just kind of go out there you throw the ball around you warm up you play two out of those five games call it a season well he would no there's no statement or anything and that that sounds like the he's using that COVID loophole he kind of lob out he definitely yeah did. and that's I, I respect that at the beginning of the season I respect it even maybe three weeks in especially when those outbreaks started yeah, busting out all over but place. we've kind of overcame all that and now it's like what you can't just like right? It's like put him. He put in his two week notice and and like it's never like, came back. <laughs> yeah. I, I just I've never seen it. I was kind of shocking, and I, don't know, I think most people just still are trying to reel from that. Yeah, in my opinion, I like like I'm with Chris on this. Like, dude, at the beginning of the year, yeah, this is you know you had the choice to opt out because of the whole COVID situation. But with five games left. And, to and me, it still, makes no and sense. And still a shot. Cause yeah, they were was, still in it. It wasn't like he opted out before the Dodgers series or no. even after, you know, game 58 where game 59 and 60 aren't going to mean anything. Yeah. He opted out with the opportunity still of making the playoffs. So I'm curious, like Chris said, is there something more that we don't know about? Maybe he, there was a situation and, and with the, him and the Angels, something happened where there was a rift there and he just decided to leave. But yeah, it's kind of a shady way to just leave your team. The guys you... You obviously have been battling with the last couple of years, and and we saw it just, on, the, weird. on the uh, out of his character, in my opinion. Yeah, on the telecast too. The Angels were what fourteen and like nine or something like that, or fifteen and nine. The last twenty something games. I mean, it wasn't like they were were going downhill. It's like no, they were actually coming up this last mm-hmm. month, and it just seemed like a this weird, weird timing. Yeah, it sounds almost like an argument behind the scenes. Right, like, that's what I'm thinking. Kinda. Because because it doesn't matter how good or how bad the team is, you're already that far into the season, you finish the season off. It, can it be that bad? It's not, and someone posted on here, oh, because he's tired of losing. It's not that. It's not that the at one all. Everyone opted. Yeah, everyone else would opted. I mean, it's not that, because you're, there's five games left. You just, you you leave because something happened, and I think there's more to it. Yeah, they got you a big argument, because you're losing. got a tiff and walked out. And yeah, said, so I'm, I'm, and, and, all, they, I'm out. And, home. and you know what? And if that happened, I'm glad that they that this is the way it went, because, you know, they didn't bring it to the, to the table, and they didn't want to bre- make it a big issue, but... You know, everyone's kind of like, okay, why did this happen? So, you know, yeah, whatever it is, so. what it is. Good. And we mentioned it. the reason why the Angels aren't going to tender him a contract or offer him a contract at the end of this year is because Fletcher's doing so well that There's no is there really a need to overspend on Simba? Is Simba that much better than Fletcher? Yeah, I mean, you know, you look at the shortstop position and, and free agency because now people are some people are saying like, well, now they can go to free agency and no. get another guy no. and keep Fletcher out there. But even then, I don't think that's a smart move because, I mean, obviously we all know like their main priority needs to be pitching, whether that's in the bullpen or, or starting. But, I mean, you do have guys like Didi DeGorius, Marcus Simeon um, are probably your top guys going to free agencies. But, uh, yeah, I just don't think if, if, if you're going to extend or, or, or 
offer someone a contract, you probably would offer someone that's in house that you know really well. So and if and if they do offer a Simeon or who was the other one that you said uh, Gregorius. You got to look at you know, how much money these guys want and how many years are you, you going to sign them up to. Obviously, if you're going to get them at a deal, you go, you you can do and they're it. They're all the, they're all around this. All three of those guys, 28, are, 29, 30 years old. They're all yeah, they're all 30, 30, 30 or thirty one. Okay, but they're all making around the same. Like Didi was making fourteen this year. Yeah, that's a little much. Simeon I mean, was making thirteen, yeah. and Simba was making fifteen. So they're I'm all not, around yeah. the same. I'm and not you got Fletcher, a third in batting average yeah, in a short s- season. Mm-hmm. A fan favorite. Under team control for like and another three more years. defense isn't so. Simmons, but it's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely a guy who And he has more it. power. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I think he I think he's he probably equal equal pop than Simba. Well, for Simba sure. Zero home runs. So. Wow. Well, he finally decided not to try to try so hard, though. And, but his average did go way up. His average was solid. Because he decided not to try to hit for yeah. power. Because the times where he... You look at his past years, and he when he tried to make that effort to hit for power, his... He got power numbers, but his average was down to the 250, yeah, 260. So but, now- if, but if you're the Angels and you look at Simba, you look at you look at his age, you look at him wanting to probably get a good three, four-year deal because this is his last year, his last, last run. best run at yeah. a contract. Do the Angels really want to do that with a guy who's, gonna, who's 30, 31? You're, you're going to take him into age 35? Uh, yeah, that's, exactly. That's, that's Pujols. At the I end guess of the uh, looking back at everything, was that a good deal? The Simmons Newcomb trade. I think so. Yeah, I think that was a really. Well, good where's Newcomb? I haven't heard his name all season. He did good for a while, and then now he's kind of just falling off the map. Yeah. Um, Eric well, Ibar was this face. It, Eric Ibar was like 31, 32 well, years old when we let him go. Ibar was a throw in. It was. Yeah. It was obviously Newcomb that was. Right. Um, but the Newcomb main. never became a. He became a solid starter there for a while with Atlanta, well, he was even right? Even in the bullpen for a while, but like, he just fell off. So the Angels got what they did. They got like three really good seasons. Of and as of right now, I'm looking it up. It doesn't even look like he's on their major league roster right now. He's on the forty man. He's in their alternative site. So and that's crazy. Um, I was just sad because I got five Sean Newcomb right? autographs down <laughs> at uh, San Bernardino. You're looking at you're looking at Newcomb. His ERA over the past four years is above four four sixteen. Um, you're not looking. I mean, you're you're looking at only 109 games in the last four years. Oh wow! So he's not playing a ton. Um, well, he also he also is a pitcher. So well, I mean, okay, mm-hmm. then he's only making 57 starts out of those 109 games. He's only started 57 of those. Yeah. So again, he's he's kind of like that in between uh, six starter kind of guy. So yeah, I think that trade worked yeah, out it great. Worked out well. Worked yeah. out really well. Yeah, because Simba became a. For what, like maybe two years ago, was a guy who had like 14 home runs or in 50 RBIs. Just a guy in the middle of the lineup for the Angels for and two has, seasons. And has always been a guy that has um, has always been uh, defensively yeah. top of the yeah. Let's not forget that yeah. Top three and shortstops probably in the majors the whole time is with the Angels. Yeah. So I mean, and that's that's hard to judge. That's hard to like put that. And the numbers, yeah, defense. you can't, you can't, you can't measure those those stats. Like, oh, how many runs did he save? And you know, how better were we when Simba was out there in, at shortstop? You know, like how many games did he save us? So, yeah, it's definitely, yeah. you know, it's going to be sad to see him, or he's gone. It's going to be sad, but at the same time, you move on because you realize, you know, the age and 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 you know, uh, the position that he is in his career now. Yeah, we got questions on Instagram, and again, we kind of talked about it a little bit before the Epler firing. Um, just touch on it real quick because we're on here. Uh, you know, not surprising me personally. I would like to see him get another year, but understand the fact that why they moved in the direction they did. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not shocked at all. 
So now, again, moving into the off season, uh, what are some moves you think are going to happen with the Angels player wise? Um, this this off season, pitching obviously pitching. They need to go out and try to get a Trevor Bauer or Marcus Stroman. Um, there's guys out there who, you know, we were talking about it off the off the air, Daniel and I, that the names aren't big. For in the pitching department, outside of Bauer, outside of Bauer, Stroman's yeah, the second Stroman, guy. Yeah. Stroman, I think, I think Stroman's not the guy that you bring in, and he's not the only guy you bring in. You know, you have to go out and yeah. try to get a, a Bauer. I don't think he's going to be the ace type of guy. No, he once thought was he was. He can definitely be a, a two a two three guy, but pitching, uh, whether it's bullpen and starting pitching, like that whole pitching staff. I think we we threw out names. Buttry, I think, is safe. Um, you have a guy in Myers who might come back because they have him under they have him under control. They can bring him back. Uh, Noe Ramirez is a guy who you know a lot of people for whatever reason give him flack, but he's a good middle reliever guy who can yeah. get you out. So he can he can go long. So he might be a guy that Angels stick around. But aside from that, Robles, a uh, bunch of guys who the Angels use this year who we can go down the list of Angels <laughs> bullpen guys that we saw come out of that bullpen this year. Hobie Milner. Chris's Good boy, boy. do these guys start come back? Started the season with giving up a home run. Right. End of the season, giving up a home. End of the season, but do they come run. back? Um, but it's hard. It's hard to kind of say who they're going to target because we're just so freshly with the end of the year. I guess I think we need to look at which GM is going to come in here and what his mentality is going to be. Yeah, I don't know necessarily. We have a question here about pitchers they should sign, target in free agency. I think outside of Bauer. Maybe Strowman, but other than those guys, you might have to see again. Depends on the GM and his philosophy, but it wouldn't be a surprise for me to start targeting more guys in trades. No, than, no doubt. Than yep. free agency, a because, like you mentioned, besides uh, Bauer and Strowman, there's not a whole lot out there. And two, um, and I don't think this is a small Kluber's thing. Kluber's out there. Hey, Kluber and that guy. Uh, I don't think this is a small Kluber. thing. <laughs> I don't think this is a small thing. The economic standing of the of the league because of the whole COVID. Obviously, teams are not going to want to spend as much yeah. um, next year, especially when we don't know yet officially if there's going to be fans in the stands or not. Right. So I think a trade or a couple of trades might be the more realistic view, especially if they don't get like a Bauer. They might have to go through and, and, and do it through a trade right. or a couple of trades. So that's something that's going to be really interesting. And, and with trades, who knows what, what's going to happen. I was just about to say, with the trade, you never know who they can target in the trade because you always have to... Okay, so in order to get somebody good, you got to give up something good. So the Angels are going to have to give up... <laughs> like, yeah. They're going to have to give up maybe like a Marsh and, a, and, and like an Adele or even a Fletcher. And at that point, that's when the, G, the new GM's philosophy is going to come into play because if you're going to trade a Fletcher, well, then they're not going to sign Simba, so they're going to have to try to go out and trade for a shortstop now or, or they're going to have to make moves this way. So... I mean, it's really hard right now to really pinpoint on what they're going to do, who, who they can trade for, and who they're going to trade away. Because right now, we don't have a GM, and we don't know which direction they're going to try to go for first. So, And then also, you got to watch the, the, what do they call it, watch the chips fall on the table. Like, all right, are we, we're, we're going in for Bauer. If that doesn't work out, where do they go from there? So what happened this year with Cole. Like, you know, you just never know. Baseball's such a... Especially the off season, and, and then too, shoot, especially dude. when you go through the trade. Because someone asked on our Instagram live, like, okay, who do you target for a trade? That's hard. It's hard because a, you're not like I don't know if the Angels are necessarily going to want to trade for a guy that has a year worth of control. And then if you do that, you look it up. I mean, a lot of these names on here are big names, but they're like 
they're like Granky, Verlander, Kershaw, Serger. Those guys are kind of tied to those teams now. Yeah. Like you can't see them, A, coming to a different team. Like, I don't care how bad the Dodgers are going to be ever, but I don't think they'll ever trade Kershaw. That's, that's going to be like a, a – he'll be there until 2030 if, if, if he can pitch. Like, So you look at other guys and you just don't see a whole lot of big name guys that's going to make some kind of uh, uh, impact. Like you would almost need to honestly really look at – and again, the development. I don't know if they're going to change the scouting system or who comes in and does that, but maybe you look for a guy that's maybe one or two years in the league and maybe isn't a huge name but has promise, and you bring him in and let him develop underneath you. Like So stuff like that is, is going to be uh, interesting to see how that, how that all works out. It's funny because everyone has their opinions right now on who they need to trade and who they should trade for. And bottom line, nobody knows. We're all speculating. And we're just gonna have, and it's it's just fun. It's a hundred percent fun because we can throw names out there and we can create our own angel super team. But at the same time, we need to reel back and be realistic and let the people who are gonna get hired try to do the job. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna go home and play MLB the show. Yeah, and I'm gonna gonna simulate the season. I'm gonna simulate the season. And guess by this time we talk uh, next time we're here, I'm gonna tell you exactly who they treat. All right, perfect. There you go. I'm gonna say this guy, this guy, that guy. Over, override and, and bring him in. But without a doubt, in my opinion, this year I think Trevor Bauer is the guy that I want on the Angels to go after. Imagine uh, Bauer in the AL West and uh, between the Astros and him all year. Oh man, oh, it's gonna be awesome. That would be, that I would, would love that. Fun. Have would that dude that. on your team? It'd be kind of fun. Yeah, I would love I that. I think honestly, and we talked about it too. Okay, besides outside of pitching, do you think there's another major pitching in general? So I'm talking about bullpen and starting. Do you think there's another major um, upgrade the Angels need to make? I wouldn't say a major upgrade. I think second base is um, yeah, something second. that they, they might look at um, if they want to be better. If they want to improve that drastically, then, yeah, I think second base is up. But, you know, if they're if they're okay with developing a Jam Jones or having that Barreto guy see what he can do. Um, yeah, because like, as of right now, that's, exactly, that's what exactly right. what you were saying. Like, Barreto, uh, Jam... Uh, Elliot Soto, even Soto, Renhifo, all three of those, all four of those guys can compete. Right. So unless they want to go with the more proven guy, which I could see them doing, but then you're gonna have to spend you, you're gonna have to spend the money because you you, you mentioned some names in Simeon and Gregorius. Well, so those are, short, those are short top, top, but those are middle infield type guys who can play either position. Lemayhew. These are some of the names that but, are gonna be a free agent at second base. Lemayhew is probably the top uh, guy that they're gonna. I think every team is probably going to go out fourth and need a second baseman. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Scope, uh, Profar, um, Wong from St. Louis. He's not a bad player. But those are all guys who are going to make... What did you feel about Listella coming back? Yeah, I think if you can get him on a, a decent deal, yeah. But the names you mentioned before that, those are guys who are going to be asking for decent amount of money. And are you willing to spend that decent amount of money when you got guys like Barreto, guys who can compete? Or and, and save that money for a Bauer and a Strowman or whoever, or are you going to go spend a little bit more money at second base? Yeah, so I'd, I'd rather I'm, the focus is pitching, no doubt. But if you're 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 pinning them, pinning me up against the wall, say who do they need to get? What other position second base? Yeah, I think second base. I think that's kind of an easy thing um, to 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 look at. Um, let's see. This next one on Instagram Live again, Halo underscore Haven. We'll take a couple more. We'll already be willing to go into the luxury tax given the pressure from the fan base. I don't think if he goes into the luxury tax, it's not going to be because of the pressure from the fan base. I don't think he gives two craps about the fan base and the pressure that comes from there. I think 
if he seriously thinks that move is and he said this before that he doesn't mind going into the luxury tax but you're going to have to do a good job of convincing him that this is the move that's going to put you over the top right if it, if you can't convince him whether you're the GM or whoever in the front office if you can't convince him of doing it then I don't think you will I agree 100% um, I think the only way he goes over is if the angels say alright we gotta deal for we gotta deal for Bauer and we gotta deal for Strowman and we gotta deal for this guy but it's gonna put us over the top right or even even do case, it even so even so much at the trade deadline too so yeah. say you gotta it, pick it, up this contract right on oh, they're let's say two games out of first place at the trade deadline they're playing well, but whoever, the A's or Astros are, are winning, and they're playing well, too. Hey, but if we pick up this guy at the trade deadline, he's going to give us more whatever, pitching or more at-bats or whatever you're looking for. But it's going to cost us this. I think then he'll do it. But if you come to him, you know, seven, eight games out of first place at the trade deadline, oh, but we, we're right there. We need this guy. He might be like, ah, I'm not too sure. So yeah. it's going to be a combination of he has to – believe that there are true contenders and I think uh, that's more likely going to happen at the trade deadline to see like oh we're only like three games out of the first place at the trade deadline okay yeah. yeah let's do it but I don't think that pressure comes from the fan base I don't no, think I don't think I don't he think, cares at all no I don't think he, no. he pays attention to it that no. much at all I don't think very many owners really in general do. Yeah. yeah I don't think he's the only one yeah exactly so um I don't know. Have you been keeping up with the questions? Uh, somewhat. A lot of guys, a lot of people are talking about who the Angels shouldn't go after. Is the people say that pass on pass on Strowman, the uh, Vinny? No, no. Um, it was Alex Cuts asked, "Is Walsh for real?" Obviously, you haven't been listening to this podcast because if you did, you would know we've been on, the Walsh, train we've been on the Walsh train for a while now. No, yeah. I'm just messing with you. I think he is. Um, I've liked him from the very beginning. So. I think he's legit. I think he just got off to a slow start this year, and he just well. Not only that, I mean, he he's still he's older, but he still hasn't had that MLB time. So obviously, he came up, had to make a little bit of adjustment. But then he whatever he whatever he did down in in, in Long Beach, adjustment wise, really worked out. And you're kind of hoping that carries over next year because it looks like right now he is kind of solidified him and Albert at that first base spot going into next year. Yep, and he and and speaking about watch, talking about bright spots in the season. To me, I think you look at bright spots in a, in a, in a bad season, and, and he's one of them. Uh, Dylan Bundy's the other one. You yeah, know, cause, it's funny though too because Dylan Bundy and Julio Tehran, I think, got brought in with the same not expectation, but some of the fans thought the same thing about both of them. Like, well, they weren't very good here. They maybe will outperform there kind of deal, and we weren't sure what they're going to get. One dude went one way; the other dude went the complete opposite way. And it just shows that you don't really don't know what you have until they get out there and, and, and give you a handful of innings and show you what they do because no one thought Bundy was going to perform the way he did this year. Right. Uh, I, I know I didn't. Right. And it's, it's pretty crazy and, and again a good surprise uh, for the Angels to have him, you know, solidify or or come in and help that rotation. And now you have, if you have, let's again, if 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 the Angels get Bauer and he's the one. You, I mean, I think you would feel pretty comfortable going Bauer one, Bundy two, Haney three, Canning four, Otani somewhere in the middle there if he come back and pitch. Yeah. So I mean, he's definitely a bright spot. Bundy Walsh is definitely a bright spot. Max Stassi. Max Stassi. You know that that's a, honestly mm-hmm. a great point. Stassi and Ben Boom, I think, have done yeah, a really they did, good job really good. behind the plate. Uh, but I think too when we talked about upgrades, I don't think necessarily catcher now is a must upgrade because of the fact that you saw. Ben Boom went like 30-something games with the Angels. Then he hit one home run this year, and then he hits like 
what do you hit like five this year? Yeah, something like that. Five yeah, or six. Five or six this year as at a at a part time role because mm-hmm. he was hurt part of the time and he was playing time at the very beginning with Jason Castro. So obviously you're looking for him. that can continue and that hopefully can help the the catching position. And yeah. we already knew what you do defensively, so that's not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah, Stasi, we've said it a bunch of times on the podcast where. Anything you get out of the catching position deep offensively is icing on the cake, and they've done more than more than that for us this year. More than we really thought. Yeah. I mean, honestly, we thought Castro was going to be that offensive little bump. Yeah. And it honestly really ended up being Stassi that was that. Yeah. And Stassi, you know, had a career night this week yeah. down in San Diego. Yep. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Going deep twice, doing his thing. That's what I'm exactly. He goes a whole season pretty much without a home run. And then he has two. He went like night. three for forty. Man, it's kind of cool when Bam Boom hits home runs because like Bam Boom. Yeah, it, it works perfect with his name. Right. Oh, this is an interesting one, and we'll kind of end it on this last last question. Uh, get both of you guys' thoughts on it. What letter grade would you guys give the Bill give Billy Epler for those five years? Ooh, Chris, you're a teacher. What would you give him grade wise? Well, his overall wins and losses were probably below average, right? Right. But you also have to look at... I'll give him a C-. minus. Wow. I'll give him a... Go ahead. You go first. I'll give him a C+. Plus. Um, you got to remember that he took over for somebody midway through a season. And that no, person... He, right? No. D- didn't Depoti get fired? Oh, no, no. You're right. Stoneman, Stoneman came, came in. in. But either way... Our previous general manager got fired midway through the season, so and then he picked up next year. So he had to clean up whatever was left behind that. A lot of bad trades where a lot of contracts too, which he also did. But anyway, yeah. there was a lot of bad contracts, but there's a lot of a lot of contracts that depleted our farm systems. So he had to rebuild the farm system from pretty much thirty to top ten, you know, yeah. in the last couple of years. He, so all that being able to, you know, re sign a, a, a um Mike Trout, bring in a Shohei Otani, uh Pick up guys on deals, you know, like Goodwins, Estellas, you know, Robles, Bundies. guys like that, Bundys. So it wasn't a total failure, but it, 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 I mean, if you look at it totally, and, and if you just go by that this team win a bunch of games, that this team make a playoffs, that these, this team make a run, he failed. Obviously, he failed. But at the same time, you, you have to outweigh. You got you to see what kind of team they, they, they had. He's and, starting already in a hole. Yeah, so... C plus, man. Yeah, I agree C with you plus. completely. C plus. That's where I was at. Just because, and like I mentioned before, I definitely believe he left this team better than when he picked it up. When he <clears> got hired on, he had to rebuild the system and somehow still be competitive. It would have been really easy for him at the beginning to say, "Okay, we need to rebuild, rebuild this farm system. Okay, we're going to trade so and so, so and so, and so and so, and we'll rebuild it that way." But he didn't. Like all the trades they made. We're like secondary guys, you know, kind of minor league guys. Nothing that was really huge. And, you know, build up that system. Again, probably the competitive part of it wasn't wasn't up to par. But the, the, the farm system is definitely in a better position. You have the best player in baseball for life now. You have Shohei where if he can bounce back from these injuries and, and produce that everyone thought he could do his rookie year – that's gonna look like a great signing three four years from now, and that's gonna that's gonna um, be because of Epler. Yeah. So yeah, I think C plus, and honestly, with a possibility to being up towards a B if some of these t- guys like a Marsh, like Adele, like guys he drafted worked out and and performed and are major contributors down the line. 
uh, waiting game now to see if that, that letter grade goes up. So yeah, see if uh, Packy Naughton comes in a year okay. or so. You know, <laughs> Packy baby, Packy and, and he Hobie. brought people in, then he traded them back out. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the deal what the deal is with that. And uh, I think that's going to wrap it up. Before we go though, um, it's the end of the year, and so we have a grand total. Don't they? Right? I sh- damn, I should have downloaded a. Uh, like a drum, drum roll. roll or something. I didn't even think about that. I had all the so, time. Oh, well. All year long, um, for every strikeout the Angels made, we were donating a dollar towards the Tider Skaggs Foundation. Um, so at the end of the season, today, Sunday, September 27, 2020, what is the grand total? The grand total of the Angels strikeouts, 523. Which, <laughs> which means $523 would be donated to the Tyler Skaggs Foundation. Stay tuned for how we're going to present this to the Tyler Skaggs Foundation. We have a couple ideas in mind, uh, but we have been in contact with Carly and and, and the Tyler Skaggs Foundation uh, on how we're going to do this. And um, but it's going to it's it's a great it was a great cause, and we were proud to be a part of it. Um, again, if you guys still want to donate, you guys can always go to TylerSkaggsFoundation.org or at Tyler Skaggs Foundation forty five on Instagram. Right? Yep, exactly. Yeah, so. Unless you guys have anything else. So just a kind of a rundown of how this podcast is probably going to work during the off season. Um, obviously, we're still going to be around. We're not going to disappear like some people. Um, but how it's probably going to work out, we're probably going to take a week off unless the Angels find a new GM between now and then. Then we'll come back and um, hopefully get a guest that can talk to us about it, talk to Red about it. Um, but until then, we're probably going to take a week or so off. Um Expect more interviews. Expect more of us reaching out to some people and trying to get them on the podcast. And and same thing as before. If something happens, a signing, a, a so-and-so gets released or traded, um, we'll definitely come in and, and talk about it on the podcast. But uh, the best way to find out when we're going to do that is definitely following us on our social media stuff. So um, Halo underscore Haven on Twitter and Instagram. And so that's probably where we'll post first. Hey, you know, next week we're coming together for a podcast. Get your questions in now, blah, 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 that stuff. But as of right now, you know, we're kind of tentatively scheduled, maybe not next week, but the week after, just because um, next week's going to be huge as far as the GM search, I believe, with the Angels. So um, we'll let that kind of marinate for a week. And then once they do decide to make it official about who they bring in for the GM, um, expect us to put us some kind of a post out to say, okay, cool. They made a GM decision. We're gonna we're gonna be back on this day. So definitely um, keep 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 a lookout on our social media. But um, this season, I mean, honestly, I didn't think it was gonna get done after after a certain point. But thank you all the fans for joining us and kind of staying with us even through the delay, even through the uh, COVID scare. And we weren't sure whether or not we're gonna have a season or not. So. Um, for your listeners that joined this season and even for your listeners that have joined uh, in years past, this has really been a, a really interesting year, a fun year uh, at the end of it, a disappointing year, but uh, definitely had a lot of fun out here doing it with, with both you guys. And I think it was great that we had Chris uh, more this season. I think we did the, the He's, he's a season. producer now. So right. So we have to have him on there. Stepped so. his game up. Now he's, uh, he's the uh, audio or no, the visual guy, man. Right. right? So, Is yeah. that, are we going to change your nickname? No. Okay, Chris. So, but def- call me Mr. Worldwide. Well, there you go. Can get- Prestige hit, hit Worldwide. The, the wide, wide. Yeah. Pitbull or something. Yeah, man. So, so. If, you, if you guys have questions for us, too, uh, Insta- or our email is allangelspodcast at gmail.com. Allangelspodcast at gmail.com is where definitely 
everything gets red. Yes. Right. So uh, check us out on there. And uh, yeah, man, that's that's the 2020 that's season. For as disappointing as it was, it was the 2020 season, and uh, we'll still be around. That's a wrap. All right, guys. Uh, with that being said, I am Johnny Mags. I'm Dan Garcia. I'm Chris Security Johnson. And you listen to another this podcast. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence.